Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. We got a loaded show today. Welcome, everybody. It's Wednesday. It is BTS Wednesday. That's right. Billy talks sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. And my special guest co-host is of the Honolulu Star Advertiser, Billy Hull. So we're loaded here, Billy, because uh, we're going to be talking with Colby Lane, a defensive specialist for Rainbow Wahine Volleyball. They're back on the floor tomorrow to get things started with the Outrigger Volleyball Challenge. Uh, Liberty is going to be the first opponent. We're going to give two tickets away to that match. So we're going to try to uh, put together a trivia question for you. Uh, plus, we're also going to bring back the six-pack of picks because the NFL season is upon us. Football. That's Are you right. excited? I'm very excited. In fact, um, excited about the six-pack of picks because didn't I win the whole thing last year? I mean, I think you did all right in the playoffs. Didn't I win the regular season <laughs> and then you won the playoffs? I'm fuzzy about it. I think I won the whole thing. Well, we um, should try to do a better job this year of like keeping track. keeping track and stuff like that. And maybe we can do some interactive stuff. I don't know. Um, and also, uh, we had an interesting conversation just moments ago. Uh, Robbie D, Rob DeMello, had to uh, pull out uh, from the show. He's usually the guest co-host tomorrow. Uh, and so I, he, he's not feeling that well. Plus, Cover 2 is getting back up tomorrow. It's a busy day. Uh, so I, I sort of put it on the table for you, Billy. I was like, hey, would you want to come back in to be the co-host tomorrow? And this was your response. You said, um, it depends how today goes. <laughs> and so, like, I don't know which yeah. way it should go because is it like if the show is a bad one, will that make you more inclined to want to sort of like make up for it tomorrow? Or if this show goes like really good, are you like, you know what, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to quit on a high note. I mean, I think so, right? If I just go this one hour and just nail it and walk out of here, you just let it stand for a bit. It's like a walk-off, right? That's right. Okay, all right. So we'll uh, we'll make that judgment. Uh, maybe the <laughs> audience will make that judgment for us uh, at the end of the show. But it is good to have you here. 808-296-1420 is the number to call. You can text in at that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Um, well, college football is underway. We'll get to the NFL stuff here in a little bit. Uh, I was down at the UH football game, the home opener against Stanford, and I got to say, man. Uh, I experienced UH football like I never have, or certainly in that facility, and uh, experienced it sort of as a spectator and a fan, which hasn't necessarily happened all that frequently. Uh, you know, the opportunity to kind of just chill and watch the game, not have anything work-wise associated with it. Uh, and for the first time at Clarence T.C. Ching Athletic Complex, I experienced UH football on the Mackay side of the stadium. And let me just tell you, the Mackay side of the stadium <laughs> is something completely different. First off, uh, I also, uh, thanks to um, some of the good folks at, at the University of Hawaii, uh, got to experience some of the premium seating uh, in the end zone oh, area. fancy. Uh, yeah, they got like the leatherback seats yeah, over there. It's right those. behind the goalposts. It's pretty cool. You have like uh, exclusive access to a couple of the concession stands, some of the beer lines back oh. there underneath the bleachers. So that was pretty cool. And then kind of uh, invited myself up and like moseyed on up into the uh, suite level, you know, some of like the the boxes, the AD suite and all of that stuff. Um, and let me tell you, man, <laughs> the Mackay side of the stadium oh. is something completely different. Whereas you, me, and the rest of the media gang, uh, and hey, look, this is going to sound like we're complaining about very little, but uh, just by comparison, uh, we're, we're sitting on the Malka side. And usually at the start time of UH football, which is normally 6 p.m., the sun is just beaten into us, right? We have the those half containers that were set up to house the the various uh, 
members of the press, right? The radio broadcast, the Spectrum Sports and other TV broadcasts. And so we're sitting in there. There's equipment, right? Makes it really hot in there. The AC units in there work 40% of the time, maybe. Oh, you got to come join us. Uh, Our so, AC unit is. Are you, is it bring pumping? a jacket, man. Oh, Holy my gosh. Moly. Okay, well, we're experiencing two different things then because uh, the, the sun's usually beaten in, sweating bullets, uh, retina's burning. Um, and so, you know, we're doing the game. It's great. And, and once the sun goes down, it's a little bit more uh, manageable, easier to see, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the other side of the stadium, oh. which I experienced this past week. Uh, the premium seats were great. And then you uh, you find your way into the, the, the suites, and those things, they got like TVs in there. It's like oh, air conditioned. Food, they got like catered food in there. Billy, it was like I was a peasant that was finally invited inside the castle walls. Oh, it wow. was unbelievable, man. Oh, wow. Good for you. No, I was stuck in there. The sun was beating right in. <laughs> I do got to say, though, and I'll ask you a little bit about the viewing thing because I was kind of interested. We're kind of up there and we're in like those pod boxes now. So you don't really get, you have to like walk out of it because, you know, we have to keep the windows shut. So you don't really get like a full sense of the stadium. And so I was trying to walk out a couple mm-hmm. of times. It's hard because I like blog the game. So it's like I kind of got to be by the computer the whole time. But I really was kind of curious about what the atmosphere was because the first thing I noticed about that game, hour before the game, I come I actually came in about an hour and a half before the game. And I came around uh, what the Wildlife Gate. So I come around the back of the baseball stadium. And there was a line all the way out. It came out the 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 box office of Les out to the road, and then it curled all the way around like past center field. And I guess that's where the students yeah. kind of go in. And let me tell you something, man. They were there early. Mm-hmm. It was packed an hour before. They, they had two out. or three of those whole sections kind of filled up. They did show out, and they made a difference during the game. I mean, you could, even through the box, you could hear that section of the stadium really kind of yelling, and I thought that was really cool about the game. Um, but, yeah, how was just um, – yeah. how did it feel? I'm the, just curious. It was interesting. That was sort of one of my uh, motivations, too, was just to walk around yeah. as much as possible and kind of take in exactly what the stadium felt like. felt like that would help, you know, with regard to being able to speak to it uh, on the air and that kind of thing. Uh, and I did feel like some of the additions they made, uh, certainly just to the, the amount of seats, but even just giving it a little bit more of that bowl effect in some corners of the stadium, just gave it a little bit more of a stadium feel. I thought the crowd was fantastic, and yeah. it wasn't necessarily packed to the gills, right? It wasn't 15,000 full. Uh, it was around 12,500-something 12 12, yeah. uh, was the official number, and that may actually be a little under because what they ended up doing with that student line uh, was because it was so long and it was taking a little while, and that's something that they have to try to oil up a little bit and, and, and hopefully refine for this week. Um, but they ended up just kind of opening the gates and letting uh, extra amounts of students just sort of oh. flood their way in. Uh, and so the number might be a little higher than what was officially reported uh, as far as the overall attendance. That student section was phenomenal. About as good a student section as I can recall ever seeing. And it's a little bit different because, you know, when you're in Aloha Stadium, it's so cavernous. It's kind of hard to judge, you know, the student section and all that kind of stuff. But it just felt because it was a little more compact, because the students were just rammed in there like (laughs) sardines, um, it was really something to behold. Uh, And I thought, wow, if they can somehow hang on to this. And, And that was some of my thinking before the game was, wow, it feels like, based on that performance against Vanderbilt, where Hawaii uh, probably should have if, if if they play a cleaner football game, uh, definitely could have, maybe even should have won that game against an SEC opponent on the road. Uh, and it seemed like everyone was a 
was pretty encouraged and excited about it. Like there was an excitement level pregame uh, in that home opener against Stanford that made me feel like, wow, what an opportunity this is for UH football. Like they kind of have these people. If they can put up a good performance against Stanford, heck, if they can win that game, then it would lead you to speculate they would have those people, right? They would have those. They would have to make some improvements based on feedback uh, as far as, you know, making some of the beer lines a little shorter or some of the concessions a little more accessible. Those are some of the complaints uh, that we heard coming out of that home opener, but they would have had those people. And I'm not exactly sure what the impact of the performance by Hawaii overall in that game is going to be. But that was definitely the thinking I had. It's like, what a golden opportunity here at the onset of the season for Hawaii to kind of deliver this 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 statement and, and, and this message to the fans like, oh, we got something. You're not going to want to miss what's what's happening here on campus this UH football season. And, and while I still think there are definitely elements of promise and encouragement, and I think we have to remind ourselves it was easy to look past maybe, and expectation is a is a weird thing, <laughs> it right, when, it, when you look at, at things through that prism. Uh, Stanford's a good team, man. It's Stanford. <laughs> and it's a Stanford team that I think actually, like, has an offense, and they got some talent, and they were just really efficient, and they're not going to beat themselves. And so we have to remember, like, that's a Stanford team on the other side. Uh, that said, uh, obviously the loss isn't going to resonate in the same way but what an opportunity that that was at the onset for Hawaii no totally and I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because I don't know if you remember but last week I came in here on Wednesday and we barely got the show going and I was already talking about you know oh I like UH this week you know and um yeah I kind of felt that too and you felt that before the game like I said the students were there really early and it just it felt a little bit more like college football you know it just felt a little bit more like people were excited um there were a lot of people there I will share and I had a couple people text me right towards halftime about the beer lines. I yeah, think the beer line that was, that was something thing. that was a problem. And, you know, I had a friend saying, you know, that's, hey, man, I like to drink beer. That's 40, 50, 60 bucks right there I haven't been able to get. So I hopefully that's something they work on. And I encouraged everyone. You know, I think UH is pretty open to like, hey, let us know. Tell us about yeah, your experiences because yeah. this is all kind of, we're all kind of flying by, you know, the seat of our pants, kind of getting this thing going and figuring out how to do it. So, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to them. I'm sure they don't mind the feedback, right? Well, and we got that Craig Angelis show of uh, Shameless Plug here next week on the 12th. <laughs> um, and so that will also be yeah. an opportunity, I think, for fans to call in. And if you want to share, hey, look, you know, can we maybe uh, consider this possibly for the football games? I, I would say this about Craig Angelis, uh, at least in my experience so far with him, is as you're alluding to, very open to feedback. Uh, very much, I think, uh, in the position to be responsive as much as possible to that feedback but continue yeah so um yeah feel free to do that um yeah as for the game like i i you know i just kind of felt it um look we kind of forgot that it's still stanford <laughs> and it's a it's a first year coach um doing some new things we didn't know the quarterback was they had the advantage of not really knowing exactly yeah. what they were going to run quarterback looked pretty good i mean yeah. you know so we kind of probably over you know forgot about the fact that even though um, maybe they were picked to finish near the bottom. It's still a Pac-12 team. It's still Stanford. They still have athletes. They're still pretty good on the lines. Uh, but I think the tough part for me was two things. One, just kind of the way UH came out. I think they were three and out on their first three series. And like, you know, like we talked about, all that excitement pregame, run and shoot, everyone's going to get a chance to see it. And it just kind of was slow out of the gate. But there is nothing more killer than those third down penalties, man. When you're yeah. getting off the field, when the punt team is already lining up to come on the field and then you see the flag and then some of those penalties were, I mean, you could argue them a little bit, for the, but for the most part, I thought they were pretty clean calls and just kind of mistakes you can't make. And those are the game-turning plays. Correct. 
that if you're a Mountain West team and you're trying to beat a Pac-12 team, you cannot make those. You Correct. just simply cannot make those mistakes. Because Stanford's not doing that. No. Like, they're not shooting themselves right. in the foot. And exactly. that's the biggest difference. And and I think that's the first thing that Timmy Chang has talked about, certainly after practice yesterday, uh, the discipline aspect. And this isn't a team that is troublesome off the field based on anything that we're hearing. Uh, this seems to be a, a team full of, of pretty good character guys. Uh, but that's not the kind of discipline we're talking about. We're talking about the kind of discipline of don't jump um, you know, on, on a goal line situation when you have a chance to score on the road against Vanderbilt. Don't grab a face mask on third down of the quarterback when you're trying to pressure him. Um, you know, some the, the targeting calls, I think, are up for debate. We mentioned this yesterday, but uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think the, the discipline thing uh, is, is certainly, I think, objective number one to try to clean up here for Hawaii moving forward. You have you Albany uh, coming in this week, and a little bit of breaking news on that. Their head coach, Greg Gattuso, is not going to make the trip. Uh, he stayed behind because of an illness. And so the offensive coordinator, Jared Ambrose, is going to be the acting head coach here this week uh, for Albany. We'll see how that impacts things. We do have a caller on the line. Neil wants to talk a little UH football. What's up, Neil? Hey, what's up, guys? So, you know, you guys really hit the nail on the head as far as having something special over there at UH. And, you know, I saw it in the broadcast. Uh, I heard about it from friends that were there even from members of the band. They're celebrating 100 years uh, this year with the band. Gwen Nakamura and, uh, and UH uh, marching band. Mm-hmm. I want to give a shout out to them. That's a good one. Uh, I want to give a shout out to all, well, to all band kids out there. Uh, marching band season high school, marching band season uh, swing. Give them a, a little bit of a shout out because you know what? Regardless of what the score is, regardless of what the record is, regardless of, of any of that, if there's one stalwart amongst fandom in any sporting event, especially football, it is the bad. And so I think, you know, we got we to gotta give it up to the Rainbow Warrior marching band. Hey. There you go. I appreciate Hello. that, Neil. Yeah, thank thank you for the call, Neil. Do, I do uh, appreciate that shout-out. Gwen uh, is is phenomenal and, and is just one of the most diehard UH sports fans. Um, and that's the thing that makes college football so quintessentially college football, yes. right? That's the primary difference. It's the band. It's, it's that marching band sound on game day, playing the fight song, all that. And, you know, to their credit, they were packed in next to the student section, and they had just like a tiny little sliver over there. So it wasn't easy for, for the band to uh, get set up, I'm sure, uh, in the seats. But, no, that, that is a good shout-out, I think, by Neil. Yeah, and I did actually have that moment. I went out uh, about 20 minutes before kickoff just to spend about 15 minutes getting the, a sense of the thing. And, you know, we sat all offseason. We talked about, you know, conference realignment and money ruining college football and all this stuff. And, and the two things that struck me was, like I said before, the student section being there um, in a big way an hour before kickoff ready to go and then the band out there. And you just got that feeling of this is college football. This is kind of what it's supposed to be. And, and to be perfectly honest, it was kind of hard to get that – with the 8,000, I think there was a lot of the crowds last year were 5,000, 6,000. And so just the jump to 12,000, just having a little bit more people in there, it kind of really 
yeah, you can kind of get that atmosphere here. I was a little skeptical of like, can, how exactly are you going to be able to replicate, you know, the whole college football feeling? And and you definitely got that out there on Friday. Yeah, that, that scoreboard makes a big difference. The, that the, too. The, the yes. screen they got from Aloha Stadium, that, that was huge. I mean, just having that as a resource changed the environment uh, more than I even thought, yeah. like more profoundly than I even anticipated. And that intro, you know, where you had the Polynesian drummers and you had some of that, it kind of took us back a little bit to that Vili the Warriors uh, era, um, and I thought, you know, certainly honoring Maui and and that that moment there, and I had the the privilege of sort of being on the field. Um, you could feel it, like that that was something that was almost spiritual in nature, uh, and so yeah. There, there was that. There was that to experience. And I think knowing that that is the potential here hopefully will encourage people to want to get a taste of it down uh, in Manoa on game day because I think it can be really good. Uh, I think it, hopefully if the team can can do its part and win some football games, play some exciting football, I think that some of the accoutrements will improve based on some of the feedback. I do think that there's potential to have something pretty cool in Manoa, which, uh, you know, has been probably uh, a concern and something up for debate here for the last uh, few years but uh, i definitely think they took some steps uh, in the right direction all right we got uh, billy hall here in the house we're going to be talking with colby lane on the other side of this break and we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to uh volleyball tomorrow night against liberty we're going to have a trivia question at least that's the plan right now so be ready to call in we're going to talk with colby we're going to do the trivia question that's coming up in this next segment so uh, be ready to call in for that want to thank domino's hawaii for their support of let's talk sports if you order online and i just did this two nights ago by the way uh it was fantastic uh east honolulu so the kahala location delivered uh and it was brilliant you could save up to 20 percent off on your order domino's pizza of hawaii we deliver aloha all right we're gonna take a break we'll be back What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Billy Hall of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. Uh, he is my guest co-host for the day. Uh, fitting because he is covering Rainbow Wahine Volleyball these days for the newspaper. And uh, we're going to be talking with a member of the Rainbow Wahine Volleyball team. They get started with the Outrigger Volleyball Challenge tomorrow night against Liberty. Remember, we're going to be giving away a couple of tickets to that match here later on in this segment. But Hawaii with a 4-1 start to the season. Now ranked 23rd in the latest AVCA national rankings uh, and we're going to talk with uh, defensive specialist for the rainbow wahine colby lane who joins us via the phone line colby how are you hi i'm good thank you for having me <laughs> well thanks for coming on thanks for making the time and congrats you got your first taste of action as a rainbow wahine uh here this past weekend in that series against usc what was that moment like you uh, started your collegiate career at seattle u just for a little background for the listeners um and then took a little while to uh i guess you know there were some <laughs> circumstances that stood in the way uh, of you being able to uh officially walk on with hawaii but this year it worked out uh and you got your first taste what was that like yes um it's been a bit of time since i played at seattle so definitely getting my feet back on the ground but playing for hawaii my hometown has always been a dream of mine so it, it was a bit of a rush but i'm happy that i got that chance well, you're a McKinley alum, so same as uh, your head coach, Robin Amo. And uh, like you said, it had been a while. You played at Seattle U uh, between 2019 and, and 2020, those two seasons, um, and then took you a while. But you've been here on campus uh, for a couple of years. Can you just talk about um, how that process was for you to finally be able to coordinate schedule-wise and everything to be able to uh, actually give this a, a real shot this year? 
Yeah, so um, initially when I transferred to Hawaii, it was for nursing, and a lot of the scheduling for nursing students and athletes, it doesn't really bode well, so um, I wasn't able to compete with my schedule, but I realized that volleyball is where my heart is, so I just wanted to take back the chance to play while I still have eligibility, so yeah, that's how it all worked out. Hey, what's up, Colby? I got to be honest, watching, um, covering the team this year, it's my first time, and so I'm only a couple weeks in. But the one thing I notice about Coach Robin is it doesn't matter what part of the game it is. If she thinks there's a move to be made, she's going to throw <laughs> anybody in, no matter what the situation was. I think you go in there, it's kind of a tight match. USC was making a run. Um, do you kind of just got to be on your toes, ready to go at any time, knowing that, that Coach Robin will kind of pull that trigger at any moment? Absolutely, yeah. She always um, thinks about what's best for the team. Especially so, you know, as a player, you're always ready. And the fact that she trusted me enough to be on the court and provide some energy and defense for the team. And as long as I go out there and do my job, I think that's all that matters. Well, you said volleyball has been in your heart. And you, as I mentioned, got to experience just being out there on the floor with that crowd. It was a season high in terms of attendance. Um, What was that moment like, that realization uh, after what has been a bit of a long journey for you? Absolutely. Um, yeah, it was, my heart was pounding out of my chest when I entered that (laughs) court. Um, but I did my best to try and keep my cool, stay calm and yeah, just pass balls and play defense. So yeah. Well, uh, this team is off to a four and one start. Uh, Robin Amo has said she doesn't uh, care too much about the national rankings. That seems, uh, pretty on brand for her uh but as a player uh, you guys hear about all of that stuff and obviously that's not the ultimate measurement of success here in this sport but uh, how good did it feel just to kind of see some of that recognition coming your way oh it feels amazing you know just the fact that we know all of our hard work in the off season and the summers have been paying off and it's just it's just great to have that recognition for sure you know, Colby, playing on this team, we got to see uh, Amber IGD get her 1,000th kill the other night. Um, I think she hit about 9 million in the match. Like, she's just unbelievable. But uh, from your perspective, what's it like playing on a team, uh, having her out there? Amber is probably the just the most energetic out of all of them. She provides so much knowledge and leadership on the court. She just always wants to get better too even if she's at this level she's getting a thousand kills in her career she's like you know it's like another check off her list she she just constantly wants to get better and i think that really um it spreads the influence and the positivity throughout the rest of the team and playing with her is just amazing and i'm so happy that i get to be her teammate for her last season so Uh yeah Tally Hawkins may want a word about the most energetic uh, player on the floor. That's a battle right yeah. there between those two, especially when it comes to celebrations, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. She's going to talk to me about that later, maybe. <laughs> We're talking with Colby Lane, defensive specialist for the Rainbow Wahine volleyball team. Uh, Robin had really great things to say about you throughout training camp leading up to uh, the opener a couple of weeks ago uh, and the, the competition that was uh, for that libero position. Talia Edmonds wearing the libero jersey here throughout this season so far. Uh, but Robin was very quick to say, obviously, Taylor, with her experience, um, was, was someone that she always feels is, is is reliable and dependable, and she said that you as well uh, really added to that competition. What was that experience like for you uh, getting in the practice gym with with those two uh, defensive stalwarts? 
Yeah, I mean, both girls are great players. We all push each other to be a better libero, defensive player, and just, yeah, it's a battle out there. Every week you got to show up and practice and prove that even if you are the best defender or trying to prove your skills, it's all about how you gel with other teammates, and that's what Coach Rob really um, tells us in practice. Like, it's not about whether you're the best players about who can work together as a team. So I think that's the biggest part for her and who gets to wear that libero jersey. Yeah, yeah we all push each other, and it's a, it's a battle for sure. Yeah, and uh, as we've already sort of mentioned, uh, you got to be ready because Robin <laughs> will call your number uh, at any time. Uh, you just never <laughs> <Absolutely>. quite know. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to seeing you in action. It was great to see you on the floor this past week, uh, Colby. Congratulations on that, and uh, we look forward to this upcoming tournament. Uh, have a good one, and uh, keep it rolling. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. All right, take Thanks, care. Colby. Colby Lane, defensive specialist for the Rainbow Wahine volleyball team. Uh, really cool. Cool story, I think, you know, uh, transferring back to Hawaii for uh, her nursing studies and uh, was able to finally work out in the schedule the, the opportunity to walk on for this team, made the team. And again, Robin Almo, uh, high praise for, for Colby Lane. Yeah, definitely. And I don't want to give away the story and tomorrow's star advertiser getting ready for the tournament coming up, but it might mention something about the most energetic person on the team and maybe some head first slide we saw uh, oh, there against USC yeah. that kind of was interesting. All right, so so you're not, I'm not going to spoil it. I, I, I won't say the name, but it rhymes with what? Schmally Schmackus? Schmally Schmackus? I think so, yes. <laughs> yes. They're a lot of fun, though, man. That is one energetic bunch out there. That's yeah. one thing you learn right away is they're talking, they're chatting, they're communicating. A lot of voices on that team, a lot of good fun. All right, so let's give two tickets away for that Liberty match tomorrow night. 808-296-1420 is the number to call. Uh, should we, like, take a break now and just see if we get some people to call in to answer the question, then we give the question on the other side? Is that the, is that the yeah, way to do it here, Billy? let's not let them Google it. Let's not let them okay, Google it. Okay, all right. Okay, that's what we're going to do. 808-296-1420. <laughs> call in. We'll see if we can get some callers here uh, to, to venture dip their toe into the trivia pool uh, and we'll have a question that we will reveal on the other side uh, of this break. Yeah, looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, again, a reminder uh, that the next Craig Angeles show is September 12th at 6 p.m. at Velocity of Honolulu on Kapi'olani Boulevard. I'll be with UH Athletics Director Craig Angeles for the latest from behind the scenes in UH Sports. There's food and drink available for purchase, valet parking at the MW Restaurant. It's brought to you by the JN Group. Uh, and again, uh, maybe an opportunity uh, to uh, give some some of your feedback directly to the AD about the fan experience at UH Sporting Events. All right, we will be back with our trivia question if you want to call in. And we'll also have our six-pack of picks. Oh. It's back! All right, welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy along with Billy Hull here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. We have our six-pack of picks to get to. I'm trying to look at the time here, make sure we have enough time for that. Uh, plus, we did not get a caller to uh, attempt to win the tickets. Uh, maybe a little bit uh, fearful of the trivia question being too difficult, maybe. What's up? UH just got in the top 25. It should be a hot ticket. I know. Come on. It's it's two free tickets. UH Volleyball against Liberty tomorrow. Outrigger Volleyball Challenge 4-1 Hawaii. We just talked with Colby Lane. How are you not excited about that? Uh, if you want to call in, uh, we will <laughs> accept that call, and we will at that time give you the trivia question. Or should I put the trivia question out as a feeler and should see? Should we just give the tickets out to the first <laughs> caller? Please, call. Yeah, maybe We're we'll begging. do that. Maybe, okay, we have a caller coming in here. Uh, so we'll see. What, now it's like, do we make the trivia question like really easy? Or what? Uh, oh. 
Uh. All right, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I do have this uh, trivia question ready to go, though. It is involving the Liberty Flames, the, uh, the team that Hawaii is playing tomorrow. Uh, and so we'll just put it out there. And if uh, somebody wants to, uh, to call in and answer the question, they can. Should we just do that? All right, we're waiting here. Oh, we got a couple callers coming in. Liz is on the phone. She's, like, chatting it up. I'm wondering if we have anybody that's uh, joining the show here. Another line is ringing. Liz, <laughs> what's happening in there? <laughs> She's shrugging her shoulders. <laughs> oh, my God. I think everyone just wants a six-pack of picks is what's going on. Get to the no, NFL. We got callers coming in. Uh, all right, anyway. Okay, let's, uh, let's throw this question out there. This is uh, involving Liberty. They are coming in. First trip ever as a program to the state of Hawaii. Uh, and here's the question. I think this is going to be pretty easy. They are in their first year as a member of Conference USA. They made it to the championship match. Uh, last year uh, in their previous conference, okay? It is the same conference as Florida Gulf Coast, their previous conference. Name the conference that Liberty last year was a member of. All right, we have Taco. Is that the uh, the name? Taco is on the line. Taco, do you have an answer? I do not. Oh, my Okay. Florida Gulf Coast. Come on. Think about it. All right. It's Liberty played Florida Gulf Coast in the final. What conference would that have been? Going once. Going oh, twice. Sorry. Should we give some hints? Should we give some hints? That's a pretty good hint. All right. Sorry, Taco. You can try call back here in a little bit. We have Glenn on the line. Glenn, uh, do you have an answer for this trivia question? Oh, man, I don't even know, but I'm <laughs> going to try to guess. <laughs> I'm going to guess, uh, shucks. Is it the... <laughs> it's, not the it's not the <sighs> conference. <laughs> I'll try Big South. I don't Big know. South, no, no. All right, here's a little oh, hint. Man. How about a little hint? Thank you for the call. You can call back. Okay. Uh, here's a okay, little okay. hint. Um, <laughs> Liberty <laughs> is located in Lynchburg, Virginia. Lynchburg, Virginia. All right. What's the name of the uh, ocean that is uh, along that that coast, uh, Billy? Uh, I've got the other. Uh, and then what also rises and sets? <laughs> All right. We have Kevin uh, on the line. Kevin, do you have an answer here? We're looking for the conference that Liberty was previously a member of. What was the hint again? Sorry. Uh, well, it was Lynchburg, Virginia, is where their campus is. So uh, you know you can think about what the you know that that coast is adjacent to what uh, what ocean and uh, what was your hint and there, then Billy? just add on maybe something that uh, both rises and sets <laughs> Atlantic uh, Atlantic what rises and sets tide I don't know Atlantic Tide Conference is incorrect uh, thank you for the call there Kevin right, we appreciate thanks. you can call back oh man. <laughs> Something Hawaii is known for beautiful blank sets. <laughs> Atlantic Tide. I actually like that as a name. I kind of do too. Atlantic actually. Tide Conference. Time for some Tide volleyball. All right. Um, 808-296-1420 is the number. We have Mike on the line. Mike, do you have a guess? Atlantic Conference. It's not the Atlantic <laughs> Conference, but you, you're very so close. close. You guys are very close here. Thank you, Mike. We appreciate the okay. call. You can call back again. 808 296 1420. All right, Glenn's going to give it another run here. Glenn, do you have an answer? Oh, oh no! 
Oh, Glenn. Oh, we thought we had you, Glenn. And, you know, I bet you he had it that time, too. I'm thinking he put it together. All right. So we've had a couple of guesses uh, that were close. We can say they were close, yeah. right? We're looking for the conference that Liberty was previously a member of before joining Conference USA here this year. Okay, we have Glenn back on the line. Glenn, do you have a guess? <laughs> Yeah, get him now, bro. Get him. Okay. Uh, Atlantic, <laughs> Atlantic Sun. Atlantic Sun. Yes. Hey, very good. Very good. It was, uh, you know, one of those, uh, what was that, the, where it was like kind of a battle of, of attrition there, and you were able to just <laughs> finally uh, figure out Atlantic Sun was the conference. Yes, they made it to the uh, final against uh, Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast would ultimately win that match. But a good year last year for Liberty. Uh, they come in actually with a whole bunch of returnees. That's going to be a tough match. Even though they're not considered one of the blue blood name brands like UCLA or Pepperdine also in the tournament, uh, that's going to be a tough match tomorrow. It should be some good volleyball. So, Glenn, congrats. You got it. Hang on the line. Liz will get the rest of your information and then uh, figure out how you can pick up your tickets. Okay, thank you. All right, terrific. Yeah. See, you just got to stay with it. Persistence <laughs> can be rewarding here, Billy. Yeah, Liberty six and zero. By the way, they've only dropped three sets, I believe, the entire season That's so right. far. So. That's right. Yeah, and uh, played a couple of decent teams. They went five with High Point. Again, these aren't like you know they haven't played the Murderers Road just yet. This is definitely going to be a, a tougher test for Liberty coming in. But uh, Robin Almo has said already um, that she expects that to be a really tough match uh, tomorrow night. Should be a, a good weekend of volleyball. So congrats to Glenn. We got more tickets that we're going to give away here the next couple of days as well. Uh, I think two more volleyball tickets tomorrow, uh, perhaps for Friday's match, and then uh, we're going to be giving away a couple of football tickets on Friday uh, for Saturday's game against U Albany. All right. Um, is it that time? It's that time. It's that time. Yeah, we're doing it's it. It's been gone for a while because the NFL's been gone for a while, but the NFL is back starting tomorrow with my Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs, and that means that it is the perfect time for us to reintroduce drum roll, please. <laughs> Billy Hull's six-pack of picks. Oh, here we go. We got to get some music for this segment. We got to really spice <laughs> we, we, this we up. We had an entire year to put together some production, but there's just no one had time for that. You know. Well, let's get right to it. I actually started this last night, and I literally looked at all the games, and I had no idea. I like threw my hands up. Had to wait till this morning to kind of really think it, think it through. So let's begin. We're gonna begin right away. Billy's lock of the week <laughs> tomorrow. Lions at the Chiefs. The Lions are getting four and a half points. A lot of weird stuff NKC. going on in Kansas City. A lot of weird stuff going on. Travis Kelsey, we don't know if he's going to play. Chris Jones, who's the holdout, the defensive tackle, just saw Bosa get, what, five years, $170 yeah. Million today? Yeah, good luck. Like, he'll be showing up tomorrow after seeing that. <laughs> so, you know, what's smarter than to just open the year by uh, picking against Patrick Mahomes? Well, that's what I'm going to do because I'm not very smart. I love the Lions. I think the Lions are going to be good this year. I think that offense is going to be good. I think the Chiefs are going to have to score a lot to stay with them. Four and a half points is a lot of points. There's that backdoor touchdown possibility. I just like the Lions tomorrow night. I Too many weird things going on at KC. Who, what receivers is he going to throw to? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they only won the Super Bowl last year. Um, so why would we, uh, you know, pick... Patrick Mahomes to do anything, the greatest quarterback perhaps in the history of the game. Um, you're talking to a guy who is so overly oh, emotional Lions. about this matchup. The Lions finally come into a season with some expectations, and I am scared beyond belief. I am frightened. <laughs> I'm horrified. The idea of picking my Lions against the reigning Super Bowl champs, like that is lunacy. That That's crazy. And so do I can't do it. No, come on. get myself – to pick in favor of the Lions, um, I'm going to go with 
begrudgingly oh. the Kansas City Chiefs to cover this. All right, we'll have something to talk about here uh, tomorrow. Interesting. You're going. I, I like those Lions, man. Four and a half is a lot of points. I just don't like what's going on in Kansas City. Like, I know it's Patrick Mahomes, but at some point, at some point, he's going to need guys to throw to. Travis Kelsey is such a big deal if he can't play. I don't know. I mean, you're talking to a Lions fan. Like, we have we have experienced nothing but disappointment. Nothing but disappointment for a lifetime of fandom. Uh, why would that change? Okay. Why would that change? All right, we'll Maybe there's the a little bit of karmic reverse psychology I'm trying to play here, too, but you know what I mean. All right, we'll disagree on the first one. <laughs> but All right. I hope the Lions do. Yes, let's go to Sunday. There were like So there were three games I'm looking at where it had a home dog of like two and a half points, and I was thinking one of these teams is going to win. Now, one of them is the, the Bills at the Jets. The Jets, I think, are two and a half point home dog. The um, Steelers against the 49ers. Actually, the Steelers, a lot of people are liking that Steelers team. I actually really like the Steelers. But the one I'm looking at, the Bengals, because I just like picking against the best teams in the <laughs> AFC to start the year. The Bengals at the Browns. The Browns are a two-and-a-half-point uh, home dog. You know, Joe Burrow, he's been hurt a little bit. This just kind of seems like a rivalry game to start off. I think Deshaun Watson, whatever you want to say about him, he was in a no-win situation last year. You'd expect to just come in after being out of football for a year and a half. He's got a full offseason behind him. I think the Browns have always been tough. Kind of like the Browns this year in general. Like I said, rivalry game week one at home. Cleveland's going to be a tough place to play. A little worried about those Bengals early on. I'm going to take the Browns here. I'm going to go with the Browns. I'm just going totally crazy to start the year. Well, no, you know, there has been a little bit of that pattern with the Bengals, right? They haven't necessarily looked like world beaters at the beginning of seasons, right? And then they've kind of gradually uh, calibrated as the season's gone on and gradually improved. So I don't think that that's uh, ridiculous for you to pick against the Bengals in a week one matchup. That AFC North is going to be bananas because yeah. I do think the Browns are going to be improved with Deshaun Watson a full off season. I think the Steelers are going to be solid, man. I think they're going to be legit. You have a healthy TJ Watt to get the season started. That AFC North is stacked. Um, I think I'm going to go with you here, and I think I'm going to go Ooh. with the Browns. Ooh. I kind of like it. A little ball control with Nick Chubb. I think I kind of I kind of dig where you're going with this. All right, I like it. All right, we should hurry this thing up. Yeah, uh, we should. Game number three, Packers at the Bears. The Bears are a home favorite by one point. Kind of thought maybe be a little bit more, two and a half, three points. Look, third year for Justin Fields. I think this is his chance now. Uh, you know, I know they kind of closed the year with a bunch of losses in last season, but Justin Fields is a big question mark this year. I actually think he can be pretty good. It's the Jordan Love era in Green Bay. Um, I heard, uh, I think, Christian Christian Watson, Watson and another one of their receivers has, was out of practice today. Oh Don't like that at all. Going to be a raucous crowd at Soldier Field. Bears, you know, I see the line. I think it should be maybe two, two and a half, three. It's only one. Chicago to win outright, I'll take the Bears. That is a really, really close um, line there. And, yeah, you mentioned Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs being the uh, other receiver uh, missing practice. Uh, that is an area of concern for the Packers. Um, I don't love the Bears. Uh, don't love them that much at all. Uh, but in this particular instance, I'll go Bears as well. All right. There you go. Now you're following me. That's, mm. that's good radio. Except for your lock of the week is the <laughs> one I disagree. All right, go for that's it. That's only because your team. All right, game number four. Ooh, who's ready for this? Herbert. Tua, dun dun dun. <laughs> Dolphins at the Chargers. The Dolphins are getting three points. I believe in Tua. We saw what a healthy Tua could do last year. He's healthy coming the season. He's gained ten pounds. He's a little chippy. He's calling out some analysts there on ESPN. Um, look, as far as I'm concerned, Brandon Staley is he still the head after everything that happened last year? Is Brandon Staley still the head coach of the Chargers? <laughs> he is. Well. I know they brought in Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. What is the over under? Like week six, he's the head coach. <laughs> um, 
it's one of those things, you know, three, the Chargers are three-point favorites at home. I like the Dolphins to go in there and win, though. I think, um, you know, that's always a place where the visiting team crowd makes a difference. It'll be more Dolphins fans and Chargers fans. I just think Miami's that explosive offense. They're going to get it going. I like Tua here. Give me the Dolphins, plus three. Yeah, I, I like Tua. I think the only issue is going on the road. And I think also because they used him minimally in game situations in the preseason. And so I think there's still going to be a little bit of feeling out to do. Whereas I think Justin Herbert's probably hitting the ground running a little bit more here in, in this first week. That's the only real reason I'm going to give the Chargers the edge here. Uh, that's a tough cover, I think, against the Dolphins squad uh, that I think is just going to be stacked and be able to run the ball and all that stuff. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Chargers here in this oh. week one just because they're on their home field. And again, I just kind of give uh, – Herbert, a little bit of that advantage hitting the ground running. Got to beat him by more than three. That's tough. That's, That's tough. tough. You're right. It is tough. But you know what? I make tough picks, Billy. <laughs> All right. Two more. Uh, we got the Eagles at the Patriots. Now I'm going against everything. I don't like taking like a lot of points, especially on the road week one. I like give me the points. But the Eagles minus four here, I just think they are so good. I think they're so good on both lines. I think Jalen Hurts is potentially set up for an MVP season. It would not surprise me. We still got the Mac Jones situation. Is Zeke Elliott? I guess Zeke Elliott, I've heard some good things out of camp with him and Ramondre Stevenson, kind of a one-two thing. I think that Patriots defense is supposed to be pretty good. I think they're doing some Tom Brady stuff this week, but... I love the Eagles so much that Eagles minus four here just run right all over them. Eagles, Eagles, uh, fly, Eagles, fly. All right. And the last one, I'm switching. I'm doing a little switcheroo last oh, second. Oh, no. Rams at Seahawks. You're Rams plus five. I'm ad living. Rams plus five. Cooper Cup's out. Forget it. Not taking the Rams. Don't want anything to do with them. He torches the Seahawks. He torches everyone, but he is officially out. Switching. Geno Smith, Seahawks. Give me the Seahawks. I, I wouldn't want anything to do with the Rams, period, even with Cooper Cup. Uh, it is uh, just mind-boggling to think that we're at the point where I think, even as a Lions fan, even as a fatalist Lions fan, I think the Lions may have won that quarterback trade. Jared Goff yeah. and Matt Stafford, even though the Rams got a Super Bowl out of it. Um, I'm going uh, against the Rams. I'm going Seahawks in this one. I probably would have even uh, without the Cooper Cup situation. Oh, wow. Okay, so what we never did last year, we should do real quick, is just a recap. Okay. So we both have the Seahawks. Correct. We both have the Eagles. We're switching on Dolphins, Chargers. I got the Dolphins. You got the Chargers. We both have the Bears. Yep. We both have the Bears. We both have the Browns. Yep. And you took the Chiefs against your own Lions yep. to start because the NFL I, because season. Because I hate myself, and I and I just I can't handle the expectation. I cannot wait to see you with volleyball tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. There will be seriously. some talking. There will it be is... some trash talking across the court, and it won't be from the two teams playing. <laughs> seriously, it is going to be a bleep show. All right. Um, <laughs> you can catch UH and NFL football, by the way, at 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar at Leeward Bowl. They're open at 6 a.m. Sunday, showing all the NFL games for Monday night and Thursday night football, which is tomorrow. Enjoy the happy hour poo-poo menu from 4 to 7 p.m. And then for the Hawaii football games, they'll have awesome menu specials as well. 850 is the home of the new video wall, the place for UH college and NFL football. Best and worst when we come back. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Billy Hall of the Honolulu Star Advertiser has been my guest co-host here today. Big uh, mahalo once again to Colby Lane for joining us earlier in the spiel. And uh, also thanks to those uh, who called in uh, regarding our trivia question uh, and uh, the two tickets to Rainbow Wahine Volleyball tomorrow night. We'll be giving away another pair tomorrow. Speaking of tomorrow, Billy, how do you think it went today? Do you think you're coming back here tomorrow to be my guest uh, co-host? Uh, twist my arm. I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I'm just Hey, Liz, we're just going to keep the music up full blast the entire last segment or what? What's going on? Sorry, I'm, I'm doing Yankees as well right now, so oh. I'm kind of double teaming. Oh, okay. We know where your priority is. Wow. Well, the Yankees over the show. You know what? I'm not coming in tomorrow. 
Forget that. The disrespect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, after, Why would I bother? After calling out Liz, I'm thinking she might not be coming in tomorrow either. She's going to hold that against us. No, we're just teasing you, Liz. We like to tease you. Liz doesn't like to get on the air, though. So I always kind of coax her into trying to like talk on the mic, and she totally tries to resist <laughs> and only does so in like the uh, absolute worst situations or like when it's when it's just, you know, uh, undeniable. I'm like just right not now. as good as you guys. Oh no! I I, I leave Well, wow, she definitely doesn't listen to the show. If it, <laughs> that proves that. Nah, Liz, we love you. You're the best. All right. Uh, speaking of best, it's time for our best and worst. Let's start with our best. So, what's yours here, Billy? Yeah, without getting a chance to talk about, it, I got to shout out to Pac-12 for just dominating Week One of the college Six football season. Pac-12 teams in the top twenty-five. Six in the top twenty-five, and and uh, my UW Washington Huskies. Put up 56 on Boise State. I thought it was one of the more impressive uh, victories of uh, Week One. 56 no, but everyone's talking 19. about Colorado and Deion I, Sanders. Yeah. Is Deion taking a big enough victory lap here after Week One or what? We'll see. They got Nebraska, the big rivalry game coming up. They got it. They, their schedule is unbelievable. Yeah. These first four games. I think USC and Utah is how they start the Pac-12. So good for them. But. Uh, just also great. This is like the most fitting way for the Pac-12 to go. It's going to be unbelievable. I know. Like if the Pac-12 had like <laughs> put it together, they would have uh, arguably one of the, the most loaded seasons that they've had in like a decade. Uh, and they'd be looked upon like as a legit power five again. And um, But no, now they're, they're the future Pac-2. Uh, at this point. So, yeah, that's rough. How much are you rooting against Colorado in that Nebraska game? Oh, a lot. You know Pagalani Bell. Yeah, I'm rooting a lot. Uh, three days of those texts. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, all right. Uh, my best. This was pretty cool. Uh, Army opened its season against uh, Louisiana Monroe uh, on the road, and you had uh, Hawaii natives Isaiah Felici and Quinn Moretzky along uh, with special teams coordinator Sean Saturnio, uh, who used to uh, be uh, head coach of Waipahu. Uh, they led the team out, and it was partially in honor of course of um, you know the the recovery efforts on Maui and and those who were victimized by the wildfires uh, and they all had uh, Hawaii State flags and they were leading the team out this is uh, Army and its opener and they had the Hawaii flags uh, out there uh, leading the way uh, through the, the the tunnel and onto the field so a really cool moment I think and a great gesture on the part of the Army football team yeah and you're just continuing to see that all across sports yeah. all across different mediums you know that nobody's forgotten about what's happened over on Maui which yeah. is Exactly. Which is important. Exactly. All right. We'll uh, get to our worst. Uh, my worst is a little more trivial, as tends to happen. And so uh, we'll talk about uh, this one first. Um, this was <laughs> kind of interesting, uh, where you had Coco Goff, who made it to the uh, semifinals of the U.S. Open. I'm not sure if you've been watching uh, all that uh, much. All right. I've not been able to. We won't no. joke about that. Um, but Jelena Ostapenko lost to Coco Goff in the quarterfinal round uh, and then complained after the match, after her loss, that she played one of the night matches two days prior. They have a day off in between right each round uh, and so she was saying that Coco had the easier path because she played earlier in that previous round in the day and Ostapenko saying that she didn't recover and just didn't have enough time to really uh, fully get back into the mode to play another match uh, and so she said that you know Coco Golf had the easier route she left out one thing Coco played a doubles match in that day in between so uh, I don't know exactly what uh, Ostapenko was talking about yeah I don't know either because I can't watch any of it so uh... all right geez Louise <laughs> what's your worst yeah, this was kind of tough. I found out about this right before we started the show. But um, Nadine Cam, who uh, was the features editor, writer, both at the Star Bullet and the Star Advertiser, she uh, uh, passed away last night, um, 63 years old. I'm sure a lot of people have read some of the stuff she did. She covered the food industry, the fashion industry, and she actually wrote – it was the Weekly Eater column. And what she did was in her byline, she had her face kind of covered with a hat and sunglasses because – she didn't want anyone to know who she was, so she could go around and go to the different restaurants and kind of, you know, like they don't know it's her or whatever. 
and um, um, kind of do a fair job with that. But that was just kind of really sad news. A really bubbly person, really fun to be around. And she liked her K-pop. She'd post all these videos of her <laughs> dancing to a BTS songs. So um, yeah, she she that was a uh, that was tough to to hear about right before she the show was, started. She has been undeniably Hawaii's preeminent food writer and yes. critic, and uh, yeah, just a wonderful personality. So big loss there. Uh, and glad you uh, had an opportunity to, to honor her just a little bit here at the tail end of the show. Billy, appreciate it. See you again tomorrow. Yeah, I guess it so. It sounds like. All right, and hopefully Liz, too. See you then. <laughs>